Welcome to You Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dedicated team of student interns in Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome Palm Springs Unified's Coordinator of Online Learning, Eduardo Rivera. Hi, Eddie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. It's great to have you with us. And Eddie's been on the show several times before, but a new position. For those who do not know you, um, tell us how long you've been with the district and in what capacities. So this is, I'm starting my 14th year and I was five years at my alma mater. I did graduate from Cathedral City High School. And so I got to teach there for five years, which was great. I also met my wife there, Ruby. Uh, she is the family engagement coordinator. And then for the last seven years, I was an instructional technology specialist under uh, Will Carr in the technology department. That was, uh, that was a ton of fun. Obviously, I learned a lot from Will. And then now I'm the online learning coordinator here for Ed Services. So, and first of all, like you've been on the show several times. Your wonderful wife has been on many more times. And um, I think whoever listens to this show definitely knows Ruby. And Eddie, we just say that, that Eddie has the velvet voice because he really. I don't, I don't think many people say that, Joan. Uh, well, <laughs> I think okay. it's a small group. I. <laughs> You have a great voice and you actually are very cute too. So it goes right along <laughs> together. You got the whole package going. You know, you know, some people have a voice for radio and you you have the whole the whole personality. So you could do TV also. The voice for uh, the face for radio. Got it. No, I did not say that. <laughs> I, I said some people have a face for radio, not you. So let me just clarify that. Anyway. And, and me, I don't have the voice or the face, and yet I'm doing it anyway. But what the heck? <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I have fun, and people listen, and they seem to enjoy it, too. So it's all good. It is. Anyway, so, yeah, I love to talk about you and Ruby's story because it's, it's so cool. And it's, it's actually just one example of the big family we have here at Palm Springs Unified. And I say that because we really have like a 2000 plus member family. And though we're not all related by blood or even by marriage or, you know, uh, true family members, we, we are connected very tightly as a family. But you and Ruby, you know, your story is very cool. Met in high school and well, there, there's uh, there's something to be said, right, about any kind of institution or or group of folks that that spends a lot of time here, right, as as a student, and then they decide as adults to come back. And I think we have totally. we have a lot of staff that that have made that decision. They, you know, they they're in the valley, they become community members, and you know, they, they then come back to Palm Palm Springs to to work in some capacity. And it's it's been neat to see. Right. A lot of my peers, either, you know, they're coaching, they came back to coach. Um, it was really cool to see, uh, I think this last year, um, 
Julio Alvarez, which is the took the DHS kiddos uh, from soccer to CIF. He was a graduated class of 2003 at CCHS. And when he was a senior at CCHS, his 2003 team is who won CIF for Cathedral City High School. So like there's, I feel like there's so many loops like that where, you know, you almost get a second shot or another chance to, to impact our community. And it's, uh, it's really neat to see. It is really neat. And Ruby and Eddie have four kiddos who are uh, um, Springs Unified students. And uh, I mean, you wanna talk about kids who are entrenched. These kids are more entrenched than, um, than probably any others you'll find. And I, I think some of it's by choice and some of it is just, well, we're going, so you're going. And they keep it in stride and they, they're, you know, I'm sure um, your oldest one is Fabian, right? My oldest one, yeah, he's, he's my seventh grader. He actually, uh, yeah, he's having his uh, first dance here coming up. So it'll be, uh, oh, it'll be that's interesting okay. to see. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I look at uh, I'm Instagram, I follow Ruby on Instagram. So I, um, I see the, the photos at some of the events and some of the, and you could just, uh, you could tell, uh, uh, you know, like if you look close, maybe he like got put up to it, but he's still, <laughs> and I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the weekly um, <laughs> he's definitely the most activity, yeah, that <laughs> weekly activities that kids are, are doing um, through the family engagement center on Wednesdays when they have a minimum day. Yeah, I think maybe maybe you'll be able to keep them for the rest of this year, and you're probably going to have to let them loose on those. On the yeah, with his eighth grade year, yeah. I I don't know that he will let, <laughs> he will be attending as many. Yeah, no, the family the family engagement center has done. I mean, they've grown so much, right? And just what what Ruby has been able to do with that team and kind of expanded, uh, in just in just necessity too, because she is putting on well, not just her, but her team is putting on such an enormous amount of events throughout the year that it does feel like every every week there's something for families to do. Totally. And, you know, and, and you, you know, both of you are, I know that, that you were like, you know, the, the right hand tech guy for a lot of the stuff that she was doing before COVID, you know, in person. So it truly was a family affair at some, like, you know, probably several nights a week, you know, your, your kids were in tow and you, you didn't hear a peep out of them if it was the kind of, thing where they were supposed to be quiet or in another room playing that they're, they're awesome kids so you guys have done you guys have done a wonderful job i could talk about this for the rest of the show but i'm not going to because we have you here for a reason and um you you are the coordinator of online learning and that's a position that is new to the district since you um became our first coordinator and how long has it been? Like six months, maybe? Uh, we started, actually started in January. So we are month 11, essentially, you know, starting from pre-pandemic. And uh, the newness for me has been this this fall, because this fall right. we opened our, our virtual school. And um, we started with, with our K-5 group, which, uh, sorry, our grades one through five. So, you know, five teachers. And they're all, you know, they're new teachers, they're, they're ready to go. And uh, then as we kind of saw the necessity increase, we are 
now we expanded to kindergarten. We had another first grade teacher. And then this last week we started our sixth grade teacher. So now we are K six <laughs> and we are up to uh, over 200 students in. Uh, oh my goodness. So, okay. So this is, you know, everybody, I'm, I'm sure no one has forgotten because <laughs> How can you forget we're still in this mess? It's gotten a whole lot better. And thankfully, most of our kids are back in school full time. But you'll all remember that we spent the better part of a year and a half in uh, virtual learning um, beginning in after pretty much after spring break last year and continuing through the rest of the school year. So. Um, this is really an offshoot of that, right? I mean, because this, and, and, and one of the reasons that there are so many kids involved is because we provided the option as every school district has had to, it's a, it's a law that any student, any parent that wants their child to be in a virtual setting because they're afraid to send them back to school because of uh, COVID-19. So we started, we have several programs going, independent study, but these are the younger kids. And like, give us an overview. What does it look like? Yeah, well, so to kind of build a little bit of what you said. So independent yeah. study is essentially pretty much the default, right? If, if you want some sort of uh, non-school experience, in-person schooling experience, and you, you essentially get offered independent study. And essentially what we found is just, you know, with the little kids, it's, it's, it, that's tough. That's really hard for them. And, and we still have students that are doing independent study. And, uh, you know, for some families, it, it absolutely makes sense. But a lot of our families essentially, I think, wanted uh, uh, similar to what they had last year, where they can be with a teacher throughout the day, see them face to face in some capacity through Zoom and, and whatnot. And so, so that's the option that, that we're talking about here. This is the virtual learning option as opposed to the independent study option. And so our our teachers do have a full day of instruction. We go from 8.40 to 3.30, like a regular school day. We have built-in breaks, we have lunch, we have, you know, all the things. And then uh, the, you know, some of the materials that are needed and uh, the, our families have, you know, and our teachers have prepared for them. We do distributions, you know, once a month essentially to, to help facilitate so we, we do get some materials to our kiddos and actually <laughs> luckily right i know the family engagement coordinator and she's helped facilitate some of that because <laughs> it's uh, you know because our families are from all over it's not like they're just from one location right we have right. they're throughout our entire our entire area here and so uh you know her family center in palm springs would serve who you know who's close <laughs> to that and that her desert hot springs family center helps us distribute there so that's been a really big help too so our our teachers prepare materials that the, that the kiddos might need for the upcoming month or so and then we do the distribution and the families come and kind of get what they need and then yeah so it's uh you know we're up and running it's been uh, it, it's been interesting kind of learning um a little bit about what what leading a team would be like but the, uh, I, I am really happy about our teachers and, and the progress that they've made this year and you know they're just like you know you remember last year it's it is tough to teach virtually it is yeah. not something that that a lot of our teachers um you know felt comfortable with and so I, I do think our teachers that we have now have been doing a great job of that so is the curriculum essentially the same as uh, you know it, it, kids in second grade it's the same curriculum that 
they would have if they were in person with their regular classroom teacher. Yeah, and that was a big part of it too. We, you know, so we, we knew this program was going to have transition, right? Our families for, you know, many reasons, and many of them didn't want to be in person because of COVID and that's very understandable. And so this option allows them to be in our program. And then if they, if when they're ready to go back and want to transition into in-person, then they're, they are, they are familiar with the curriculum. It's, it's wonders. It's it, the impact math strategies. It's the, the, you know, some of the, the pieces that they, they will see inside of their, their normal school essentially. So that was, that was a big part of it. So district curriculum, all of it. And, you know, like I said, I am very happy with our teachers because it has been, it's been a lot for them, right? They're learning not only what it, what it means to be a virtual, but also make sure that they're, they're using the curriculum properly. So was this given as an option to um, pretty much put it out there to all of our teachers that this is something that you're interested in, you can apply and, you know, move no. from the class? To this or so so we're, this is essentially like we'll call it like a pilot program and mm -hmm. we're currently using temporary teachers uh, to, to run the classrooms and so it wasn't necessarily offered uh, to anyone that was internal uh, because it is in a full-time permanent position and so gotcha. you know we're learning a lot I think uh, you know this necessity will probably exist in some capacity next year, uh, especially if, you know, some of these, these families, you know, find a, an effective model that, that fits their, their needs. Cause you know, you'll, you have families that have different variety of reasons why they would be in this program and, you know, not just COVID with Sandy, but there's other, other needs. And so hopefully next year, when we kind of do this again, we have a, a better understanding of what those needs are and then we can find the right teachers there. So if, if, um, if COVID is not the driving factor, because we're hoping now that vaccines have been approved for kids five to 11, that we get many, I know we won't get all, but we get many of our kids vaccinated and this starts to not be an issue anymore. Um, and it may take, you know, longer than it, it probably I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hopefully, by the end of this school year, at least we'll, we'll be in a place where you don't have to be fearful to come to school for fear of getting COVID-19. So if um, if parents, though, you know, and they're like, wow, you know, this has worked really well for my child, like you said, maybe it's not only about the fear of the uh, pandemic, but also because their kids have, you know, issues with other kids. They get really nervous. They, you know, they they just don't deal well socially, or you know, for whatever reason. So my question that was way took me a long time <laughs> to get here. Um, my question is: We already have Desert Learning Academy, and Desert Learning Academy is a, a lot of that is independent and then the kids come in person and meet with their teacher if they're in elementary school a couple times a week yeah and, so, and i think what we found is essentially a third model right so we have an independent yeah. study where kiddos do work on their own and then dla has had a hybrid model where they're in person and virtual in some capacity and then this 
program is essentially all virtual, right? So the meetings that you would have, and part of that, you know, when we were thinking about these programs, Zoom wasn't really uh, a very commonly used thing a couple years ago. And I think with with our introduction to Zoom and just video conferencing, I think it it opens up the doors to be a little bit more creative with instruction. And you can, you know, find different ways to reach students and parents and these communities with um, with a little window into your classroom. And so I think that's what this third model has become. And I, I do think there'll be there'll be a necessity for it next year. It won't be as high, I can't imagine. But you're right, if families find it useful and effective for what they're doing and it, you know, it fits their needs, then I, I can definitely see that being um, being a norm next year. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, I guess you have to look at the, the whole picture. Like, if the reason for this right now is to keep your kids safe, totally get it. And if they thrive in this kind of environment, that's great, too. And then there's the, you know, the other aspect about getting them involved in, um, you know, extracurricular activities at school. And that's the part that you tend to miss out on if you, and I know probably officially you can still go to your home school and be a part of mm -hmm. what's going on, you know, outside of the academics, but I, it would be tougher to do that if you're not in that kind of environment all the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's, I mean, that's what we found last year with, uh, with our distance learning, right? There's just, there's some, the social emotional learning piece was just right. harder to accomplish. You have to make the connections and see people to do that, the touch and, and talk to people and look at their face. Like there's so much to that. Uh, I think we're still kind of in the infancy of what this looks like. Cause I do mm -hmm. also think we got thrown into distance learning. And I think right. with, with more time, you can build things like that in there, right? Who's to say that that having, you know, weekly family engagement things isn't part of a virtual setting as well, even if you're not able to uh, to do it in person, right? You can still connect just on a on a more consistent basis. It's really about building a community within a community. And if you and if a teacher can do that effectively, then then it almost feels it, it can almost feel like you're you're with your friends at school more consistently too, especially because what we've learned with with virtual learning it really does give kids an, an access that they didn't have previously to to just traveling in different places virtually, right? So, you know, a DHS student may never see a Palm Springs kiddo, but in this program, you are bridging different communities together because we're from- That's from, true, from yeah. That's so a, there's there, there's that's definitely, I think, a, a, a component here that, that can be developed. And, and, you know, we, we were reactionary in, in, in the sense that we all had to jump onto Zoom and kind of figure this out and, and really give, give our teachers a ton of credit for doing what they did last year. I think with, with some, you know, preparation, some professional development around what an online virtual environment could be at, you know, the highest capacity and training our teachers properly, I, I could see this being a very effective model. Now, you could argue that, you know, in-person will always be better. But it does not to say that that we can improve the the virtual capacity of our teachers and uh, you know our students' experience. And that's that's why we have you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that you're gonna you know enhance whatever we've started with and and make it that much better. And um, so, what do you is your role? Um, 
working with the teachers to make sure that they're prepared and that they have all that they need? Or are you, are you working with the kids too? Um, I, I do go into the classrooms to, you know, to kind of, to hang out with the, the teachers in some capacity, mm -hmm. but, but really I am, we're, we're, it feels like we're running a mini school. So, so my duties yeah. right now extend to, to making phone calls to parents, making sure that their kiddos are showing up, right? A little bit of the tenants, enrolling the kiddos, making sure that, you know, all that setup piece. So there's a lot of behind the scenes that we're running because we, we aren't a school necessarily, right? We don't have the different pieces you would see at a physical school. And so we have been um, leveraging different people to help us make sure that we're up and running properly. And so um, one of, so this is one of the dudes, but the other side that I'm also helping with is the independent study program. Um, Cause at some point DLA reached their capacity. And so the district is also running an independent study program for the excess of those students that no longer fit at DLA. So that and and when you say that you're talking more about older students, right? Secondary. Um, for the most part, yes. There there are some K five kiddos. I think we have I think twenty students in our independent study. Yeah, twenty students in our independent study program at the district office, and then the rest of them are secondary kiddos. Is so that because so those twenty kids that are that are in um, K five? Is that because you're the, the virtual learning classes are full or is that because the parents wanted it? Both, both. It's, it is interesting because we do, you know, we've called we, my, um, my, the team that's been helping me here has been really, really great. And yeah, they, they contact parents and say, you know, here's what we have to offer. And some of them say, we're going to keep, keep them in independent study because it fits what we're trying to do right now, you know? And so you, you know, you let the parent make that decision. And so like, we do have students that are in there because they, uh, they want to be in independent study. And so, but for the most part, yeah, our, so we have a hundred and looks like 120 students or so in our independent study program. And the rest of them are, you know, secondary students that are uh, using Edgenuity as their platform and yeah, going through it. So the, the independent study model that those 120 kids that you were talking about, primarily their middle school and about 20 elementary school, those kids do get check-ins with a staff member once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, so we, that is part of, uh, of, of that new assembly bill as well, where there has to be a daily check-in with, with students. And so the K-5 part is a little bit more complex because they have to actually uh, do a lesson with them. And I, I think part of that legislation, what they saw last year, they really don't want students to feel alone, I think. And mm -hmm. so uh, our independent study K-5 teachers meet with those students every day um, after school and they, they have their full workload. And then they're also uh, doing extra duty by meeting with our students after that. And then for secondary, it's a daily check-in and then uh, weekly uh, in in person, we'll call it, but it's a, to be a Zoom lesson that they do. And so, yeah, they, uh, they do check in pretty much every day though. And what we hope is um, that come the end of this school year, all these kids are gonna be right on par with their peers who are going to school every day. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and we know that, especially in our independent study program, that there's a lot more transition. You know, they yeah. they jump on independent study for one reason or another. There's a lot more, 
a lot more movement between our independent study program and schools and back and forth. And that there's definitely a lot of different reasons why a family would decide to do independent study. Well, and speaking of that, so the legislation um, definitely allows for that moving back and forth. And um, I, I don't think it's like, you know, okay, we're done here and we're going to go back to class in two days. Right. I mean, there's a, there's natural breaks, like at a quarter or semester or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, we just hit trimester one, and so uh, we had, you know, a, a, some some parents decide, okay, this is a good time to kind of see what that's. And I think with the announcement of the vaccine here, that'll also. So second semester, I can see it changing a lot, and also trimester two and all that. So I do think there'll be at those natural breaks, you'll see more families kind of head back to in person. How are you? How are you feeling about your your new role? Are you are you feeling like um, engaged and challenged, or are you like I want to be done with this and do something else? <laughs> it has been uh, engaging because it is challenging, and I think for the most part that's usually how how I operate. Right, if I find a puzzle, right, or some sort of challenge that's uh, like forces me to think differently and be creative about finding solutions, I think that's really what this is has done for me uh it is it is a completely new capacity for me leading yeah. a team of teachers right is not something that i was doing previously and so i definitely appreciated the opportunity when when, the, when i was approached with it and and it has been fun uh, obviously there's been a lot of pieces that that we've had to put in place and kind of do on the fly and we i think with more time next year i think you could see this program really be something special coming up but but yeah it's it's, it's been fun i'm i'm happy to to kind of have the opportunity just in general and uh and i do think it's going to morph into something a little a little more comprehensive next year so i'm definitely excited for that part well and now you know that you have this little school going now you have experience as a principal <laughs> is that is that what that's like i do i do feel my, my the principals that i talk to and all that the the in-person component of being a principal right now seems extraordinarily challenging so uh, i'm definitely not the principal like like the capacity that they have so uh, i i know I but you know you but you but you have like you're getting like a little taste of what it's like to be a principal and you know when you're ready to move into the i don't know if that's something you'd ever want to do but if you did want to do it you already have this experience that like a lot of teachers wouldn't have so that's pretty cool it definitely has been an experience and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, being leading a team of teachers is different, right? Than, yeah. than training them, coaching them like I have been. Obviously that served me really well because I do think of my teachers as a, especially, you know, a lot of the tech and the technology pieces that they've had to implement this year, they're right up my alley, right? And and I'm absolutely the one to to want to show them. And, but, you know, I've been cognizant of it too, of it is different when, you know, when so when I was in the classroom and I wanted every single piece of technology tool that you could give me, and I know that that's not everyone's flavor, and so I, I'm cognizant. Yeah. Of that. Hey, it's you're hard. talking. You're talking to one of them, Eddie. <laughs> so, so I, I, I definitely tried scale. You know, and if uh, if a teacher wants more, we can give them all the tech and all the different tools and you know strategies that they want. Uh, but I, you know, if a teacher, we've asked them to do a lot, and so I'm I'm very yeah. Um, think empathetic to that well i i for one speaking on behalf of our 
administration, Board of Education, and our parents are grateful for everything that you have done and especially what you've done since uh, the pandemic came along. The, the tech end and the professional development for our staff and now the um, virtual learning school, you're awesome. And we're very fortunate to have you and look forward to whatever you're gonna do, be doing next in this, in this arena, because as you said, it's evolving and it's exciting for, um, for you to be, you know, kind of leading us through this. So thank you, thank you for everything that you do. We will definitely have you back. Give us an update. Okay, well, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Joan. And thanks for joining us. If you learn something new every day, a new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Brianna and Emily. Thank you again, Eddie. And we will see you next week.